Sex Communication, a podcast that explores how we communicate during sex and about sex, with explicit recordings and uninhibited conversation. My name is Brianne McGuire, founder of Graphic Paint and host of this uncensored adventure. Join me each week as I share crowdsourced audio files and interview a wide range of people about their private activities. The mission of this series is to change attitudes towards sex simply by changing the way it's communicated, one episode at a time. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Welcome to episode 23. Today I'm sharing with you a conversation I had with a woman named Jo about her experience with a very specific form of sexual assault known as stealthing. And for those of you who might not be familiar with what that is, um, I'm going to give you the Wikipedia definition. Stealthing is the practice of one sex partner covertly removing a condom when sexual consent has only been given by the other sex partner for condom-protected, safer sex. Um, yeah, so it's a... It's not all that popular a topic. Um, I myself am a victim of this type of sexual assault, and I had never heard the term before it happened to me. And... Um, I was Googling it and I came across the word and I was like, oh, all right. Um, so this is the thing and it's an illegal thing. It's a criminal thing. Um, sometimes it's even prosecuted as rape, depending on the legislation where it happens. Um, yeah. So, uh, this conversation was a, a big conversation, not just for the gravity of the topic, but, um, you know, there's a lot to be said on going through something like that and, you know, reflecting on it after the fact. Um, during this episode that uh, you're going to hear, I do touch on my own experience briefly, but this is really, it's mostly her story. You know, I, I really wanted to, um, you know, give her the time and space to talk through this and share share exactly what happened to her, and she does. And um this woman is a friend of mine, and we not only share this experience, but we we share a common um, frank method of discussion, shall we say. Uh, we're also both very sex-positive, sex-loving, uh, self-identifying feminist women. And, um, you know, I felt really honored that she was willing to, um, to come on and do an interview and share about this so openly. Uh, I think this story has value for all of us, no matter our experience or perspective or position. Um, so there you go. Thanks. Hello. So I'm here with Joe. Joe, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Brianne. <laughs> Thanks for coming. So uh, we did talk briefly before I hit record um, on one specific topic I did want to cover with you, and then I'm curious to see how the conversation evolves given... Um, Time and space. Well, yeah, um, but the incident in question is, um, so I got stealthed. Yes, I recently just learned what that word means. I didn't know about it until after the fact either and and Googled it. And if anyone's listening and they don't know, so stealthing is when um, you're having consensual protected sex with someone and then that person then removes the condom and continues with sex uh, without informing or asking for consent for the unprotected sex part. Um, yeah, that's stealthing. Mm-hmm. So, um, like we've talked about before this, you've gone through the experience as well? Yes, yes, I have very recently. Well, not within the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Within 2019? No, 
Within last year, okay, within like, a year, like 12, 12 months. months. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. In the past. And so how, how did you respond in the moment and how did you respond following that? Hmm. Well, I'll give you a little context about that. Um, I knew this person was a good sexual partner. We had chemistry. Um, the first time we um, had any sexual kind of relation, it was mostly gifted to me, which was lovely in the sense that it wasn't um, reciprocated. I was, I was pleasured. And uh, so I felt respected because it started that way. And um, also known this person for over a decade. Um, but uh, I had just gone through a lot of psychic turmoil personally in my life. And I was under a lot of stress and self-crisis, um, existential identity crisis. And... Um, I, uh, I, I won't give the theory behind what, why, how and why I think I engaged with this person, but I, um, I did, you know, find it validating and I felt respected and I felt in control, um, which is always important, Mm -hmm. um, ever (laughs) in any, (laughs) any sexual, um, experience or endeavor. And, um, yeah, so then that happened and it, and then, um, there was some friendly hangouts and just very breezy, simple, um, moments together out, outside of the bedroom, Mm -hmm. um, that I wouldn't call dates, but I would call them some sort of, um, you know, for me, I, I think it's always necessary to feel you know the person a little bit. I, I'm, I am a woman. I, I need a little bit more uh, story <laughs> to uh, enjoy myself. I need to understand the person and have some sort of intimate uh, relationship of their mind uh, mm-hmm. with the person to really fully feel um, comfortable enough to orgasm, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so that was, it was all looking good. Um, I think it progressed pretty quickly. It's hazy now. Um, I didn't really, wasn't looking for a relationship, so it might've dragged on a couple months, maybe three months because it was just, uh, it's like, oh, oh, thank you. You know, (laughs) like, oh, that happened. That was nice. And then I'd go on with my life for a few weeks and I go, hmm, I can do with some of that again. (laughs) Oh, hello. And, uh, and then I went out to uh, his place, and that was the first and last time I went over to his place. So um, the context was initially uh, at my house once, maybe twice, and our, 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 uh, our homes are probably of 20 miles between them. So it was, it was nice to have that. For me, um, it was really, uh, yeah, it was just convenient. Again, felt respected, felt um, in charge, um, and uh, and then I'm not really remembering 
how or why I think I was probably having either really worked up and I really wanted to get off (laughs) and or I was also trying to fill something in the moment I was using I, I looking back I could probably say that I was using it as like I needed a connection with a human being and like needed to feel cared and loved for and so I think that's really important in the context because uh now that I speak about it it's been a while since I've thought or spoken I spoke a lot about it when it actually happened for months and months and months just processing um I went over to his house and um let's just say the dynamic very much shifted being in his home that was his his domain and he set the rules and they were pretty okay but they were a little for lack of a better word pushy and uh, I didn't feel I felt like I had to keep drawing my lines and drawing my lines but in my head um, you know I said um, I don't know what I said actually now that I think about it it kind of just went into a blur like I started not enjoying myself and I, I now I remember if if I close my eyes and I think of myself um, in his home I was all torn up inside and it it really was just um, I wasn't I it really just wasn't anything it's a confluence of many many factors is what what I'm trying to say and I wasn't um, I wasn't in myself I wasn't grounded and we were on the couch in the living room and it just it was just like not my narrative anymore the way it had been in my apartment and um it just felt as though this person was making he was grabby and i like grabby don't get me wrong i'm not going to be this <laughs> little like pollyanna like throw me around you know what i mean god damn that but it i wasn't so off the bat i realized um i didn't feel respected i felt objectified i felt pushed up against the wall i felt um he not listened to i'd be saying things and and the person wasn't very present um i i think maybe you I could say quite possibly we were both just having different versions of reality that maybe we were just both going through a lot of weird uh, shit because uh you know like I know this person for over um but you know even now I hear myself speak and it's like oh my god like why am I why is it my job to like figure out what he's doing saying or thinking so um you know we were having sex he turned me over he took the condom off i mean and when that happened how did how did you know was it like an after he came you realized no i felt you, it I you felt could it. feel the difference like i could I, I i did oh i can feel the difference yeah i, I could feel the difference um you know, I think with, um, as men age, it's harder to stay hard. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's nothing to be ashamed about because I'm not just thinking of him when I say this. I think of a few other guys and I typically go for like at least a decade older than me and that's kind of just my jam. Uh, but, um, so did you say something immediately if you... Yeah, ask me some questions. I feel like I'm, I'm all over the place now. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I, I wanted to give you the space to kind okay. of like reflect on it, but I'm, I'm just... Well, I'm a little surprised just that now I feel like, God, is my vagina like senseless? How did I... Hmm. I don't feel like I noticed the difference so much. I didn't... Right... So hmm. I'm self-judging Did myself I? a little based on yeah. that, but I'm also just curious, like, how you responded, like, okay, so you realized right yeah. away, and then you said something, or? No, no? so this is what I was taught, um, and this is where I had to go through it, and even, you know, you know, for anybody who wants to judge me hearing this, even now, yes, I am still questioning myself, and so, like, you know, am I making a, making a mountain out of a molehill? Well, if I've been thinking about this hard ever since it happened, <laughs> then yeah, maybe there was some lack of consent here because um, what I was taught, and I'm a, you know, I'm a child of uh, not sexual uh, trauma, but a lot of um, dysfunction where there were never any um, boundaries ever, and. Um, and nothing was, uh, everything was quicksand, my, my family. And I was allowed to do whatever I wanted. So um, I come from this, this world of, like, uh, I don't have a, a compass to say, what are you doing? Uh, because I'm like, oh, well, my curiosity is like, well, you know, everything is its own moment. And... Maybe I'm, you know, just doubting, basically. So I was taught these, these, it's kind of like swimming underwater when you talk about this stuff. And to pinpoint what people had to say to me, my, my really trusted fellows, like those five people in your life you can always go to. Um, one of them said there are three responses to um, any violent situation. There's, um, that we think of flight and fight and fl- fight or flight, but there's also fight, flight, and then freeze. Hmm. So that's where I got the most most validation for what happened next, um, and uh, which was I just froze. I froze for a while. I was almost gonna come when I realized it was happening. Hmm. So I came, and uh, and then I was already feeling like awfully like. Crappy. I'd, I'd expressed my desire for safe sex, not because I was prudish. I, I just really like was not dating this person, and I didn't wear a condom in the early '90s. And thank God I was okay. I grew up with hypodermic needles in my Lower East Side vestibule. I was just like, no, like you're putting on a condom. I don't fucking know you, and we're not gonna have a relationship. Um, I mean, this is this is the only point I'm gonna take his inventory, and it's not because I think I'm so cool. I know I am really cool, <laughs> but I'm not gonna say that he thinks I'm so cool, um, or it's what he wanted. Uh, but I think he wanted. Um, I think he was really yearning for a, a relationship and a family, and I think um, I'm not quite sure 
if <sighs> that desire for a family, and you can read into it or not as much as you want, um, you know, coming in someone at the right time has consequences. So it? he was in a polar outer. Were you on birth control? No. I'm a good Catholic he came girl. inside you? He did not. Okay. You know, it feels fucking... It does feel good without a condom. I won't lie. If I couldn't... If I didn't... Yeah, I'd love to not use a condom. And that's a whole nother question. You know, going through the... Um, like picking your partners to be more sober. Like this person wasn't really... Um, you know, they had a lot of stressors going on in their life and... I think, like, even if it's, like, they're sober, um, you know, I think we all, like, have these moments of, of making really bad choices. And I was definitely going through a moment of making questionable de decisions. I, I had come from a place of making really bad choices and in a, a hell. Mm -hmm. And so I was getting to the, the outside ring of Dante's Inferno a little bit, and I was just making questionable choices with this person. And that felt good, because I love trashy. Who doesn't? <laughs> I just loved it. So I'm not going to say that I, I completely, you know, wish it had never happened, but I'd never had someone do that to me. I've watched porn where they do that with prostitutes. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I've ever seen, like where there are these guys in uh, Hungary or the ex-USSR countries, and there's all the girls around the truck trucking sites, and they jump in the cab of the truck, and there's this one guy who's a sleuther. You could look it up. There's I, I, I don't know if it's still there. I saw it a few years ago, but, um, you know... And, uh, you know, I think sex is so much of things we, of self-hate and nihilism and, and uh, sadomasochism that it's hard to see what's what in the moment. But, um, you know, having thought about it since it happened, yeah, uh, that wasn't a gentlemanly thing to do. Um, but walk me through what happened. So it's over. It's finished. It's over. And he came wherever he came. He, he came. Yeah. On my back. So yeah, wherever he came. Was there a conversation afterwards? That yes. You, and you brought it up or you guys didn't speak of it? That no, I brought it up. And what did he say? I have to remember. How did I bring it up? Well, like that, my, my, woman friend told me that I was in shock and I was frozen and uh, I had been clear with him that I remember thinking I had been clear with him earlier in the night I had been clear with him maybe I saw him about a week but before that um, I had made things I was a condom girl. I was a condom using gal. I remember thinking that after that happened. I went through my brain and I said, I, did I communicate this? Yes. 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, I did. Many times. Um, and then I must, I, I don't remember how I phrased it, but I said, you know, what was that? And uh, very clearly, I remember this. He said, well, you liked it, didn't you? Mm. And I was like, well, yeah, I liked it. And I think there's uh, studies that show women get off uh, just, you know, their nerves. So, yeah, you can, like, have that neural cluster of, like, uh, high. Uh, uh, yes, it's a biological uh, fucking thing that, yeah, sure, okay, my body liked it. That's maybe the difference. Yeah. My body liked it, but I didn't want it and that's not you know that's not cool and then um I left and I went home shortly after I I went to the bathroom that's what I did um I I I wish I had remembered how how I articulated this um yeah we cuddled I played it off I started playing it off while I was having a rapid succession of thoughts and conversations with myself. Mm-hmm. I played it cool because that's what you do when you're a street kid and you're a little girl. Like, I'm, I was 12 running rampant on, on the streets. Not like I was in any danger because I, I was lucky to have a lot of really beautiful people, beautiful fuck-ups at that time. But what you do um, is you learn to... Um, not song and dance, but like uh, when a ma- magician's doing a trick, you... The sleight of hand. The sleight of hand, yeah, totally. It's, uh, look over here, it's all good. And then you bounce. You make your move, whatever you need to... So I cuddled with him. Not much was said. Very heavy feeling. The whole apartment to me that night had a very heavy feeling, even before we had sex. Yeah. You know. And so after you left, did you have a conversation? Well, I went into the bathroom. Okay. I went to the bathroom and then I, I, I got myself together. I freaked myself out about um, STDs. You know, I, had, I was not in a relationship. I had just come from being in one. Uh, my life had been very messy and uh, I just was like, I didn't have a... I put it like this, when I feel strong and confident, I have a backbone. I walk down the street, I've never been assaulted, I, I know how to carry myself, I own my power, but I didn't have that armor those months of my life. Mm. I was just getting, uh, putting new clo- clothes on, so to speak, for myself. I was becoming a new person. I had been married for a long time. Um, and then I had a, a somewhat commit, somewhat, I wouldn't say committed, but I had a somewhat monogamous relationship with uh, someone in between. And I was a fuck job in my head. Like I was all over the place. There are no words for how defenseless I was and of course what do you do what what I do what I think a lot of women do is that's when we're most rock and roll about everything Mm -hmm. that's when we're most like 
Uh, yeah, I don't. I got. I'm Lemmy from Motorhead. I've got this. I'm fine. Ba 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 ba. You know, that's when all the false ego, false false pride. I had a lot of false pride, and uh, so I. But I, I was still being. You know, this is all just parts of getting to who we are and getting back to being that strong, confident woman. Like all of these steps are necessary, and so when I went to the bathroom, I thought about how I could communicate with him. And, uh, you know, so I turned the internal, the inner parent on in the bathroom. I freaked out. I was in there for a good long time purposely to make a point because men might be really stupid and oblivious, but not about that stuff, um, I think. Yeah. So I went back and I, I spoke to him. I... I put on the mom, what I call the mom voice, and I, you know, I, I asked him a few things, and I said that was not okay, and um, I just, you know. <sighs> How did he respond? Um, he said that uh, because of his job, he has to get checked every uh, every season, every three months, and he's fine. Um, and I kind of knew in my gut he was he was fine, you know. This wasn't. You know, this was someone that had some semblance of uh, normalcy in the world. He was in a. He was in a active drug a- addict or alcoholic, but. He wasn't on my level. That's for damn sure. I'll say that, and. Um, I don't want to take his inventory, but I think. Um, I think we were just on very different paths with why we were having sex with each other. You know, we're taught, I think men are taught for sure, that women, oh, we're out to get them (laughs) and lock them down and we're going to have a baby with them and ooh, that's all we want. You better watch out (laughs) because we don't want, we don't want casual sex. It's a lie. And, uh, and that's not, first of all, that's very not true, what, especially after I turned 30. That's very not true. And, and second of all, they want it themselves, and they've been taught and, and preened by different tough guy societies, you know. Uh, none of that narrative in, of the tribe includes sharing about their desire to have a child to be a, you know, to be, um, to encourage a family, you know, and that's just, that's like a lie of omission. I, I have two younger brothers, and I know for a fact they are yenning, they're, they're not, they're, they really speak about wanting a, a good fam, want, wanting to create a good family. Mm-hmm. I can say that about them. And so, you know, I think that, that, yeah, that's just that's a part of the the problem, you know. It's like it, there are maybe there are men out there who are wanting to uh, trap women, and um, you know the the odd part with this person is I saw them recently, and they. We're very happy and smiled 
and seem to be on the track of getting something like a family. And when I, I didn't speak directly to them, but I heard something that they said and it sounded loving and responsible and kind and kind of like the person that, you know, I, it was, a, it came as a surprise. It, it seemed as though they had changed and possibly gotten out of their own, uh, you know, they had changed their tires, so to speak. They had found something, you know, that, that's why I say, like, I think, you know, I was, I know, I know because I was in a bad spot, but you know, we change. We're not, we're very dynamic, ever-changing beings. And, um, you know, it's, it's odd too. I ramble. I, I'm really trying not to ramble as much, but I was thinking about when I was drinking mm -hmm. and there was a, um, a really nasty, uh, not nasty sex. The, the, the relationship was all sorts of torrid and was very, um, violent and like, you know, he'd fuck me in the ass and I bit the shit out of him. Uh, one time I heard that, uh, this person had a, had somewhere to go for their work the next day and um, and it was seen by coworkers and it was just like that person was really embarrassed and I just heard this through word of mouth and there was this there's this uh, bouncer downstairs that uh, at the bar in this man's uh, building and I knew him and uh, I was about to get sober I was just all over the place I was wild I was definitely the kind of drinker that would get drunk, take her clothes off, and swing at all the guys. And I'm like, I'm five foot two on a good day, and I weigh like 110 pounds. So, um, they, there was this one really, really awful night, and, uh, I blacked out and I or I browned out and I I only knew that uh, the bouncer and that guy had fucked me on the roof um, until the next day when I think he brought me home I had a black eye and it was really awful because I was I was still like I was a kid but I'd been on my own for so long you know it was like I had a lot of um, street smarts and I remember like Whenever I think about that happening, uh, I remember how I tried to set his apartment on fire while I was fucked up. And I remember... Uh, this was after the fact, after... No, the entire relationship was like that. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was just like another like crescendo to the insanity of like okay i'm here slap the chamois i'm gonna hit you da 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 like ooh, is like talk about hating oneself and i'm just about to hit my bottom i'm just you know and i i remember being like eh, whatever 
you know? And so this sleuthing thing, when that happened, after stealthing, (laughs) I like sleuthing. (laughs) But when that happened, I was like, fuck, man, you know, I've done so much goddamn work on myself and my relationships with guys and da da da. And I'd been married most of my 20s, so maybe I had like cut, uh, I, I, I was limited. Uh, I, I, I avoided a lot of bullshit because your 20s are just awful. You don't know your, I didn't know myself. I, I was all sorts of crazy. I was still dressing up for men. I wasn't dressing up for me or my girlfriends or just to feel cute and pretty. I was dressing up because I really enjoyed the power I had over men. And if I got them to come, I won. Because that's what I think we're taught is that, you know, you get, I, I get, if you can get a guy, uh, you know, that's how they fall in love, basically. And so, you know, just sit on top of them and like, be like a fucking whore, right? And, uh, and then here I am, I'm like, 10 years sober and I've done all and I had a beautiful marriage I found a soulmate found just great group of friends I've I started I've had women in my life for the last like seven years and I, I was always a boys drinker and and then here I am he's this fucking shit and as I know this person and you know so it's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm still like, yeah. really? So I'll sh- I'll shut up. But it was like, <laughs> well, did I, he ever apologize? Did he apologize when you would come out of the bathroom? Or oh did he man, apologize yeah, that's any of the time after. So that's the kicker. I saw him a few weeks later, and uh, I gave him the opportunity to apologize. And um, so he didn't apologize when you were having the conversation. No. Yeah. No. And it was an, his actions, uh, his who he was acting like in that moment was just that like tough guy, completely removed person where he's just like, he was a caricature of something he learned somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. You do, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a similar, uh, a similar event with, with my stealther, um, but so when you saw him after that and you gave him the opportunity to apologize, did he, he take He put it? his headphones in. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes, ma'am. He wouldn't even talk to you. He did not want to hear it. And I said it really nicely. I was like, I felt completely disrespected by what you did. Uh, I made clear what my terms were for sex. Um, why did you do that? And it was kind of like, I feel like these kind of talks I always have prison style because prison style I mean I was sitting next to him we weren't making eye contact because when I really need to focus on what I'm saying and make sure I'm saying it uh, uh, sometimes that helps Um, and yeah he just shook his head and put his headphones in and how how much time had passed since it had happened? Like when you were having that conversation? Was it a matter of weeks or days? Not days. A couple weeks. Maybe a month. And I had friends around, which were nice, because it was just by happenstance that we were all uh, there at the same moment. So I felt safe and supported. And these were the, just the right people who... Um, 
I had talked to about it. Yeah. So when they saw him around, they're like, what the fuck? Why is... Okay. <laughs> they, you know, it's like uh, two cats that don't like each other, and you're like, how's this going to play out? <laughs> and my friends were like, uh, Jojo, you need us? You, you good? I was like, no, I got this. Because they were there, and those are like my little angels. I believe in angels, and I was just like, chaos. I got this, you know? I've, I had. I think the month was a perfect amount of time to go back and... Um, like really, uh, you know, I'd done a lot of work. I'd been talking about, talking about, talking about it. And it was a, it was a help because, uh, it did, uh, allow me to, uh, consider all of the other, uh, questionable, uh, decisions I had been making. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of the pinnacle of, well, how did I get here? Like David Byrne says, how did I get here? You know? And, and so that was helpful. And, and that's what I believe. Everything is helpful as long as that guy didn't fucking get me, you know, pregnant I could take care of. He'd just be giving me, like, an undead, an unborn baby to be pr- praying for the, the rest of my life and hope, hoping to see in heaven. But if he had given me a fucking AIDS, as, uh, HIV, I mean, that guy had the power to completely change the trajectory of my life. And really at the bottom line, that is really like for me. And I, I've met other women who are, are have different thresholds for emotional um, pain. And I understand that some people listening might say, um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in denial and in certain areas. I'm like, I really just, I'm very practical about this. I think it's like, that's my that's my bottom line of like why it was still fucked that was like ultimately fucked up you took my my decision of my health away from me end of story yeah i had the the same the same thing what was different for me was that um and i also froze after i mean i and like i said i didn't i couldn't tell when it happened um that the condom had been removed. I knew after, and I was also, like, he was behind me, obviously, I think. That's how you got to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Want to be stealthers out there. Um, right. Yeah, so he, like, I think he was coming in his hand, so, like, I, it wasn't, I could tell he wasn't coming on my back, but, like, there was definitely more liquid than just from my, like, dripping pussy I could tell that it was more so I knew that there was come behind me so I asked him I said did you take the condom off and he said oh it came off I mean I took it off like corrected himself after that after after a beat and he's like but you know I'm totally clean it's nothing to worry about and I'm like and what about pregnancy as if like the the guys I think when you know that that issue comes up somehow even though they do have that fear we're going to trap them or whatever they're just concerned with the std and like forgetting that you can very well get me pregnant and that's also an issue i have to worry about mm. um and he said oh we don't do babies here i was like what the fuck does this mean what is it? wow yeah that's odd and he he has a son <laughs> he already like vibed there but so obviously his sperm is good right exactly so there have been babies there so maybe let's, <laughs> let's not choose to live outside of reality um but so this was in the morning after um we had slept together the night before and that being the first time that we had slept together 
And um, so, yeah, we left his apartment together and we were walking into the sunlight going about to go our separate ways. And he was asking me about having dinner later that week. And, you know, it was like not a care in the world, like nothing yeah. of of negativity had happened at all and uh you know kissed me goodbye and told me to have a lovely day and and I kissed him back and was like I mean I had, it was just dumbfounded and I, I did I'm sure I did say you know yeah sure let's have dinner or whatever all kind of just keeping it very close to the you know like you were saying like Slight I, of hand. yeah everything's yeah whatever I'm unfazed and then um so this was a Saturday and by the end of that day I also have, you know, a, a nice tight group of friends and um, I shared, and uh, most of them are men, and I shared it with them. Well, I remember the first thing that I did was text uh, one of the guys in my friend group because we had talking about had been talking about this guy. And so I slept with him after our second date. And the first date, there were red flags, but the red flags at that point were like, this guy has a lot of emotional baggage. He's damaged. Yeah, that's kind of what you I'm yeah, getting at. Yeah, And, uh, like, yeah. he had just very recently separated, like, super, a month, I think, separated from yeah. his wife. Like, was it was clear. And, you know, and I, I told him, I said, you know, this guy is stupid hot, but, um, you know, like, I, I can't be in a relationship with this guy. And he's like, oh, you need to break him. You know, th- there's kind of this joke amongst all of them that like this is this is my my gift of like uh, exploiting the weakness in men and, and breaking them somehow that I have a knack for it. Um, and I was like, eh, I, I don't I don't like I don't want to fix him, and I don't that doesn't feel responsible to me at this point. Like I'm sure I could, and I would perhaps enjoy just that power trip of it, but. I don't think I'm going to, but he was like, no, no, no. He wants you to do it. He's telling you how damaged he is. Like the best thing that you can do for him is to break him down so he can build himself back up. Um, So this was, you know, after our conversation, after I described the first date. So this incident happened, the stealth thing. And I texted that guy and I'm like, uh, he's, how did I say? Something about... um, I don't know if I said that he was an asshole in a different way than I anticipated. And I don't think that I can go through with uh, the breaking. Like, I don't think I have the stomach to can sit I, through this Can enough. I say a few words about this breaking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I said that uh, about... Um, I, I say that, like, you break a horse. Like, I'm breaking, yeah. a, breaking <laughs> a horse in. And... Um, I mean it in the same way. I think you do, and and that's why I'm really excited to say, um, I believe I did it in my twenties. I didn't do anything. I did not do breaking. The only time I broke a man in that way was when I married him, <laughs> and and that was you know necessary because you're having a commitment of. Like a business venture. You guys need to, yeah, you know, the sex is great. You've been dating, da da da. You know, you really meeting of the minds and all that ephemeral stuff. But when it comes to um, how is this going to work, I think it really ends up always being the woman's job to, um, you know, put the program on the table and say, 
A, B, C, D. And uh, I didn't know I was doing that. I didn't know I had the power and that it was okay to do that. My, I, I think men are good at a, this is my, this is where, this is my feminist, feminist stance these day, days because I love men. I think you do too. I do, and I right. don't think that being feminist means that we like. That no, it means we to that. right, and yeah. it means that we, we love, love women. being a woman. <laughs> yes. Right, it means we we love women, but we love being a woman. Yeah, and because we all kind of have, I think it's natural to have rape fantasies in your head. I've definitely jerked off to rape rape fantasies before. I'm not gonna be a hypocrite, but the the thing is, is like they we're talking about consent, yeah. and the idea that. Like, um, like uh, in my opinion, in Amer- we're talking American, um, American culture, even if they're from a different place. We're talking about we're Americans, we're in America, we're, we're formed by this, and we're talking straight guys. And so my experience with that category of human has been, it's, it's like they're just, there's just a one, it's just a one one or two thought process and my process is like five or ten and we might have the same feelings we definitely have the same feelings we're human beings we have sadness and and fear and hope and lust and and just all these ADD feelings but I don't know if they're their process for being present to those feelings Would just seems completely about, like, more less effective. Time. Is there anything else that you want to say about no. that incident specifically, no. or any? No. Do you? Well, I do have a question. Like, given hmm. what's happened and the fact that the guy, I cannot believe, has not even taken ownership at this point and still apologized. Hmm. But do you? Do you imagine yourself ever being friendly with him again? Um. I admire the Dalai Lama (laughs) and I think that there's absolutely no point in being um, 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 assuming that um, when you met someone at one point in their life they can't change into a different person at another point of their life and that's why I got a lot of resolution when I saw him recently and um, I wish him the best and uh you know, I really hope he doesn't have the inclination to reach out to me in a personal uh, one-on-one level. Uh, but I keep myself open because people always surprise me. Mm-hmm. And I love people. So I... And hopeful I, that he doesn't do it to anyone else. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like... that. I guess that's the last thing to think about as it, with this Me Too stuff and like being a woman and now that we're, we're feeling so free... I think it I think there's a lot of anger when all this comes up and it's not you know I think it feels good to talk about all this stuff that men do and we I think we give them a lot more credit being um calculating uh and and malicious um I don't think um it, what I'm saying is women you know know your rights right like just we really should be not like carrying mace on us, but like knowing how to say what just happened or this can't happen or 
having the conversation with yourself in the first place to say, what are my intentions tonight? Because if I had said, Joe, what are your intentions? Maybe call Brienne. I would have not had this story to tell. I know I would have, wouldn't have. But at the same time, like I feel like that's a tricky area with this, of course especially. It is, yeah. I, so I wrote about this, and I actually had a woman comment on it that was like, "Okay, well, what is the point of sharing this? Like, what is what is the call to your sisters?" And I was just like, "Bitch, there's no fucking call. To, like, right? There's nothing that I could have done in that moment." To be like, how could you have anticipated that? There's nothing you can do to prepare for somebody taking that decision upon themselves, taking that choice away from you. My, my you father know. always told me, and this is how I treat men. He said, men are like dogs. You have to repeat the same thing the same way to them over and over again. You don't, you don't change your, your, uh, your presentation. And he said, uh, and it's worked. He said, uh, you look them in the eye, you get really close to them, and you say, if you ever fucking do that again, I'm going to rip your goddamn balls off. <laughs> and it works because they're responding to that energy. And sometimes maybe this is a question of mimicking, you know, speaking their language. I appreciate when my male friends speak my language of womanhood. And they do. We, you just said we have guy groups. I have loving, intuitive men who hear me out and listen and go through all of this stuff that we talked about. Um, and the, vice versa, I'll shoot the shit with them about some porn or some, some sex stuff, and I'll shoot the shit. I don't mind if like, I'm objectifying myself a little bit in conversation because I, I, I am feeling like I want to be a woman. You know, because I feel comfortable enough being like being a little like. But do you feel like any of that really played into what happened? I mean, because you were talking no. about like you know if you had taken this moment and and like asked yourself some intentional questions, like do you really feel like that would have changed anything? I mean, I understand like you did have kind of a a, a read about the environment and the feeling of being there and that night and the, the whole thing. I, I understand that, but, like, you were already... I feel like... I don't know. It's I don't think my... that it's on you at all, but I'm saying no, just but if now you I were know searching for that, it would, it would even have to come way before that because you were already engaging with him, right? So it's like, how can you fault yourself for, like, you had this experience did, with a person... Did it sound like I was faulting myself? No, no, no. I just, I'm just questioning the, the language you were using about, like, if you had been asking yourself some different questions. Hmm. Like, do you... I mean, do you have that feeling now even just in this very moment, like... That you could have avoided it? or I it's grew like up a, through this experience. That's how I would word it. I completely, 100%... So saw, it's an expectation of kind of, like, this is what happens when you're a woman and... Yeah, I just learn. I keep on trucking. Like, I learn about myself. I, I lead a self-reflexive life now. And I, I'm like, well, that'll happen. And usually when I learn my lessons, they don't happen again. Um, and it was a bit of a loss of innocence. But isn't life a loss of innocence? So how has... The, Okay, so then there's a lesson to be learned from everything. So whatever lesson you learned from this, like how has this changed how you engage with, with men since? I consider... I, I, I tease them out a little bit more when I need... and I, I, I just really, at the forefront of my mind, I'm always questioning through talking to women what 
what they're doing to show me respect. And, uh, you know, I'm currently with someone uh, here and there. And, uh, and you know, I, I, don't, I stay less silent. I say, I feel a lot. Your action made me feel. And I wait for the response. Text messages, although I dislike them terribly, they are good for just being very clear in what you're saying. There was a guy who kissed me uh, abruptly on the street in a date around the same moment that the sleuth stealth thing happened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he uh, he was just like really a little Asperger's. Like he was a little, uh, like not right. And I, I was... I took my phone and because I had to hold myself accountable to what I was saying to mm-hmm. him yeah. because I was so tripped up about it. Uh, same same with the idea of like doing the prison talk and like not looking him in the, the eyes. I had this tool where I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my iPhone. I'm going to hit the record. And I spoke to him knowing that I was recording myself. Not his response, right. but I would hold myself accountable to saying exactly what you mean. So ladies, say what you mean. Mean what you say. When you say it to him, hear yourself say it. Mm-hmm. And be that strong parent to yourself, that internal uh, mother to yourself to say, you know, this is, these are the rules. So what was the point of the recording, though, to later send to him as a reinforcement of what you said? Or no, just... it was literally to hold myself accountable because I knew I was recording myself. So I thought just like this, I'm speaking to you now and I'm trying to say exactly what I would stand behind saying. Mm-hmm. Everything I've said to you, I've been very um, thoughtful about it to the best of my ability in the moment so if I hear myself again or whoever hears this I can say yes I considered that I can own these words just having some uh, integrity you know these are tools to build your integrity and when you have integrity you don't fall for the people that I, that we're talking about quite frankly and I don't think they'd fall for us either if they had some mm-hmm. you know yeah but that's getting a little bit into a self-shaming thing though do you, do you blame it? yourself at all blaming no i i love myself when when i'm weak i love myself now and you know the only i do i blame myself no i mean he's an asshole he shouldn't have done that but um you know I don't know. Maybe people would think I do, but I don't. I don't think so. I I think I have power in everything I do. Since I didn't put booze or drugs in me, I I believe that I have power. Every time I think of, I mean. I don't know. I, like I said, I don't want to have this person in my life. Um, I don't want to talk to him. Um, but I am very grateful I never had a straight up rape, uh, like sober. You know, I had a woman friend who was shoved into a van 
you know, and that's, you know, completely forcible, no power. I mean, I think that that's, that this is a gray area. I, I can't say that it's not, you know, I, I don't, I try not to vilify my men uh, because they're humans too. I, I, uh, I dislike that about the Me Too movement. I, I, I don't like, I think what that does is it makes men afraid, the good ones afraid to do anything. And, and I dislike that. So there's like riddled with like hypocrisies, you know? Yeah. You know? So I don't, you know, I'm over it onto the next thing. And then I share about it. If a woman, if I see my women friends in a similar situation or making a mistake, I say like, yo, like a guy friend too, you know, he got married to a woman who's out of her fucking mind. And all of us saw, oh my God. And, and it was like, I kind of should have said something, you know, like I'm going to, you know, being a better friend to somebody and saying like, you're not in a great place. Mm -hmm. And I had people tell me about this. I, every step of the way when I was fucking this guy, I was talking to my guy friends about it. And so I got to hear what I was saying to myself. And I was also horny as fuck. <laughs> In those months, yeah. I was so just, oh my God, I just wanted sex. And it was good up until that moment. So it gets complicated. Because it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so if it's, you know, I just, just leave it alone, you know, just like on, you know, on to the next one, like didn't end up in a van like I'm good you know <laughs> right yeah and boxing you know practice like how to hit a guy and use a fucking knife seriously know how to do that too you know it's just we're such a mixed bag of like eh. there's no way to like put this into a little nice neat container and I think everyone has their own level of what they can handle emotionally and physically and, and so my experience is not going to be anyone else's, but it would be similar, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. I think this is a good place to stop and, for this. Yeah. And then are you willing to Me stick too. around for a part two? Cool. Okay. Okay. Thanks. All right. So there you have part one. I just wanted to jump back in here and just uh, share some closing thoughts because um, especially in the course of, of editing this episode, it really... Um, brought to mind all of the thoughts of uh, <laughs> how people want to, and they do it inadvertently, right? They want to blame the victim or put ownership of the event on the victim. Um, and I got a little worried when I was having the conversation with Joe, like, is that what you're trying to say with the, you know, her talk of, of language and accountability and intention? Um and, you know, upon clarification, I know that that's not what she meant. You know, like we were having this conversation. It was very off the cuff. She was sharing these thoughts with me as she was having them. Um, and, you know, I mean, you could hear her. She was like, does it sound like I'm blaming myself? Like, th that's not what she meant. We had, you know, like I said, there's another part of this conversation. So I can tell you from being party to that conversation that um, that wasn't what she meant. But I did just want to like very clearly state that, you know, if you are a victim of any kind of assault, any sexual assault, any rape, 
It's not your fault. It has nothing to do with what you did or said or wore. Um, you know, somebody else took something away from you. Um, we can never control or have any impact on what other people do or say or feel. We can only control those things about ourselves. So what we can do is only control how we react to these things. You know, for Joe, she's since, you know, made it a focus of hers to be very intentional and very, um, very mindful of how she speaks and how she acts and behaves and approaches things. And that's the tact she has taken. For me, it was a matter of um, memorializing the event and discussing it. You know, I'm doing this podcast. And, you know, like I've said so many times before, it's about changing the conversation and about uh, trying to be an example of how to communicate honestly. And I think there's just so much value in sharing experience in a in an open way in a non-shameful way like there's no shame in sharing these things there's no shame in asking questions and in wondering you know and i think the more people who share everything about sex good or bad the better we all will be for it because the more knowledge there will be right like people can learn about consent by having these conversations by hearing people's experience you know maybe they've never heard firsthand what it's like from a victim to be in a position where their choice is taken away so fuck anyone that tries to blame you or you know fault your choice of partner or you know approach to casual sex or the fact they're even having casual sex or whatever as being any reason for you know anything bad happening to you because that happened to me I've been assaulted in a multitude of ways. The stealthing was just one instance. Um, you know, and after the event, very close friends of mine, you know, were like very casual about saying things like, oh, well, this is what happens when you date in this area, you know, this like arena, this pool of, of partners. And that's fucking bullshit. Like, this has nothing to do with that. They have nothing to do with those choices. Like you can never foresee what someone else is going to do to you. Again, you can only choose what you're going to walk away from the situation with. Um, so <laughs> don't be an asshole. Have the uncomfortable conversations. And, you know, have some love for yourself. I will talk to you Sunday with the How I Got Off episode and otherwise the next regular episode next Friday. Be well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Did you like it? I hope so. If you did, please subscribe. If you'd like to know more about this episode or how you can be a part of the podcast, visit graphicpaint.com slash sexpodcast for details. You'll also find additional episodes, background on this project, contact information, and tips for submitting your own audio files. I'm looking for more people to interview, homemade recordings of sexual activity, and audio production assistance. If any of this interests you, please reach out. It's my goal with this podcast to bring some filth to your ears, change the conversations around sex, change some perspectives, and maybe even change the world. I hope you'll join me. Sex.